Hello, everyone. Welcome back to... I just caught your sniff just as I hit record. <laughs> <laughs> just needed this line of yayo. Yeah, sorry. Right, guys. Happy, New, Happy New Year, everyone. We're recording this intro on New Year's Eve. We're both on the man's had a white Christmas. Um, we have not, uh, I believe. I have not. A, so a reaction to the cold weather, probably, from June. Clean and um, Anyway, Happy New Year. It's New Year's Day when this podcast is going out. It is New Year's Eve as we're recording the intro for an episode we recorded last week with a, I would call him, a comedy legend. Yes. Um, I think in terms of British comedy. In terms and we are, and not just about me though, is it? It's about the guests. You're a legend for different reasons. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. A bellend. All oh, right. <laughs> you're, uh, yeah, notoriously hard to work with, uh, but... No, we've got uh, someone who I think a younger generation of comedy goers probably wouldn't know him um, because uh, yeah, if you could still go to comedy clubs, you'd still see him. But uh, basically, he's a brilliant stand-up. He does radio. He's on uh, talk radio. He, uh, he used in to bed do, with Medina was well, his... in bed with Medina was a seminal sort of uh, what was it? End of the eighties, start of the nineties TV I'm, show. I remember him from Win, Lose or Draw. And win, Lose or Draw. He was on me. Win, Lose or Draw. Yes, I was bunking score a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I'm in bed with me dinner was me and my friend's favorite TV show. We'd watch it every like we'd we'd meet at school the next day. We'd be talking about the funny well, stuff. Sister was really into it as well. She went to a live one that he did a few live shows. I think didn't they? I was too young for that. But um, Same, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then so it was always born. I was always excited when I when I became a comic and I got to gig with him. But it's Bob Mills, uh, who is a fantastic comedian. Lovely man as well. Like one of the, he's one of the, he's a good. He's a he's a good egg, isn't he? He, talk, we, he, he just talks a bit about it. Good guy. He talks a bit about his generation of comedians. All right, mate, it. shall I marry him or what? <laughs> right, mate, get out his arsehole. While listening, going, Jesus, you two just want to bang All him. Right, mate. We want to, would you have a threesome on Zoom, you fucking. <laughs> no, but because he's of a generation of comedians. We're obviously, there's like a couple of generations above us in when they, you know, we're sort of like mid 2000s you know he, we're, we're talking like late 80s people but he says it himself about there's some of them are prone to being quite bitter yeah yeah and being a bit judgy of newer comics but bob's never had that he's somebody every time because he had him, a hit tv show though well yeah he, i suppose he had success <laughs> but he said and yeah he's, he's also just very settled i think in himself he's just a so. yeah positive guy yeah yeah Anyway, we had a lovely chat. It's really fun. It's really nice. And it was just before Christmas. So we chatted about Christmas and all that business. But now you can listen to it. Um, enjoy it, mate. Enjoy it. Final one quick ad, bit of admin. Thanks to all our patrons who've signed up this this year, last year now, isn't it? It's uh, Not yet. Oh, last year by the time. By the time I've listened to this. Yeah. So yeah, so 20, all the 2020 patrons. It's when we started our patron and everyone know, signed mate. up. It's yeah. nice. Thank you. Thank you for your support. I didn't make any sense with what I just said. Um, 2020 didn't make any sense, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, nice callback to yes. 2020. But yeah. So anyway, if you want to become a patron, you get extra episodes, little catch-up episodes the two of us do during the week. Um, you get all the videos. The videos of the podcast go out on Patreon before the episodes go out um, to the rest of the world. Real time, mate. Yeah, and we now, we do, we've been doing the odd catch-up where, like, we actually have little get-togethers on Zoom with our patrons, and uh, we're going to try and do them once a month. We had a lovely Get one before Christmas. know you all, and it's nice, isn't it? And everyone's I very can, nice. I can make some mates. <laughs> It's like speed dating if you want to become Julian's friend. <laughs> you could become my mate. You'll be like my I, I best must... mate, but like I, I won't. Be, I'll be like some geezer. Do you ever have that? Like you've got a best mate, but you're not their best mate. <laughs> it's the worst. You're like the, about their eleventh best mate. Oh man, that's brutal. I think if you're somebody's, if you're, if you say someone's your best mate. You've got to be in their top two, otherwise that is just carnage, isn't it? That's otherwise the you've got to keep that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, kick back. If you're hungover on New Relax. Year's Day listening to this, I hope you're feeling all right. We'll get you through it. Put you your could, feet up. You could jog with it, a good start to the year. I mean, you could jog with it, but if you've been, you know, I know you can't go out on New Year's Eve, depending on where you're listening, but I'd say New most Year's people Day. are probably just getting shit-faced in there. On New Year's, yeah. But New Year's Day, I'm sure they're just recovering from Dan solo Lond drinking Dan at Londis, home. mate. Get down there, mate. A couple of bottles of Perno. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Enjoy Bob Mills. Laters. Yeah, the podcast. I think, so, uh, I think no, you know. I think you know. <laughs> <laughs>
TVI, Carl Dahoy here. Julian Dean here, and we're and off. Guest, comedy, uh, stalwart, legend, um, broadcaster, Bob Mills. I was I, I was really impressed by that because what you were going for then was your version of Hi, I'm Carl Donnelly, and I'm Julian Dean. <laughs> we don't, yeah, we've not, we've got very, we've never really nailed down an official no, intro. That, I can, in your head, that's probably what it was, but it, it was more yeah. like you were owning up to something. Yeah, I mean, each episode is <laughs> we're in court. Us, yes. Each episode is us apologising for the previous episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so quite a good dynamic we've got. Um, but Bob, it's good to have you on. You're it's, a... it's lovely to. Uh, I said off air. It's I haven't seen you for quite some time, which is very often the way in comedy. Yeah, I remember when you first arrived. Uh, you were oh my god! You can you were everywhere. <laughs> everywhere I went, you were there. You'd just been on, or you just going on. We get yeah, we geeked together a lot. Well, we did point. yes. Yeah, and, and then um, and then you drift, you know, things drift away. People move on to different things. It's, a, but that, it's, it's that thing that happens in comedy. Sometimes you haven't gigged with somebody for five years, and then you do four gigs in a row together mm. with them. But um, yes, what's your? Have, have you before lockdown? Were you gigging much, or have you sort of had you wound it back quite a bit? No, not really. I was I was gigging. I, I'd started radio, and I was doing radio. But even before lockdown, I made a point of doing two or three a week yeah. uh, and good, i didn't i, I, I never liked <laughs> more than julian at his peak i did <laughs> extra full time <laughs> so you're doing two I, comics work there i didn't like it falling anything beneath that because I, I found as you get older it gets harder to have gaps yeah yeah mm. um, which is why sorry which is why with this lockdown i think we're gonna see comics just drifting into retirement definitely i think yeah. there's, and also do you know what it's going to do i think there's older comics who are probably thinking about winding it down i definitely think might just go mm. off oh, i can't be asked to come back yeah also there's going to be a, a lot we've talked about this on here of and this is like this is we're talking about a very distinct group now of slightly middling shit comedians mm. who don't bring to, me into this man <laughs> who managed to eke out a living like on the sort of fringe gigs <clears throat> as things contract and it gets harder for gigs. I think the gigs are going to have more of a pick of who they want. So yeah. naturally, those people well. are going to, I think, are going to be find it hard to sort of scrape by now. They're going well, to it to... has been a terrible thing, this pandemic. <laughs> Let's not beat about the bush. It's been an awful thing for the whole country. But as a fellow comedian, I said, no names, no Pactrill Bloom, uh, said, Darwin got some stuff right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't hundred percent, but yeah. what he got right, he got right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see the uh, the sort of genetically. Uh, I'm using this phrase as an, a euphemism. I'm not talking about genuine genetics, but the yeah, the sort of lower end of the comedy food chain might be getting a getting thinned out. Yes, I think so. Because as you say, there's there's going to be there's going to be a lot of people on offer when it when yeah, we yeah, get yeah. back to it i mean I've, I've spent a year doing the radio show but from here mainly and also occasionally going into the studio and it's been fantastic because i do a radio show on a not a huge radio station on talk radio they're not you know they're not virgin or anything like that and you do sometimes have to scrub around for me this this year it's been jeffrey archer yeah yeah he's free <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Yeah, Obama. Do you want to do it? yeah, yeah, he's yeah. free. Because I literally saw. nobody's busy. No one has got that excuse. Yeah, a bit busy at the moment. No, you're not. Yeah, I've got um, my somebody, tea at that time. Somebody showed me a website yesterday. Uh, sent they sent me the link. So it's called like Guestio or something. It's a new thing. And it is basically a company that it's almost like an agency that can provide you with podcast and radio guests. And like, yeah. And like it tells you their price range. It's like sort of that thing, like a corporate, I suppose. So that's but, how we got you, Bob. <laughs> so, yeah. um, little whip on, round. Yeah, we got Christmas offer they gave. Were you ever on the JLA website? I would very briefly, and I don't. Oh. I actually, I, I I died so hard at a JLA corporate once that they stopped booking me. <laughs> but did they? Did you ever see your price range? Because I don't know if you were. On it I didn't actually. But you. This I might still be on there, to be honest. This was open access. You went on their website, you went to their list of comics and you saw they were in a ABCD. Let me have a look and see if... uh... It's still available, yeah. 
<laughs> and you could have your price range, and that was a terrible thing to do. The worst thing was logging and thinking, "Oh my god, I've gone down five hundred quid." <laughs> I'm now six ninety nine. <laughs> Who founded it? It was Jan- um, what's the name? January sales. Jeremy Lee. Jeremy Lee. I said I met. I did a. Ra- I did your radio show with him, didn't I? Yes, um, I think you probably did. He's lo- he's lovely. He's a thoroughly he nice man. gave me a really nice sort of, because basically I told him about the gig I did for his company that went so drastically wrong. It's good to bring that up. And he, but he was lovely about it. He said, no, you know, it's not, it wouldn't, that, it was just, you know, everyone has them now and again, but, uh, but it was, it was brutal. That, I'm, well, trying let me you, find, that, I'm trying to find if there is still a list of. Um, have a look. Well, the last gig I did for them, they won't mind me saying this because they're lovely people. And I don't do a great deal of corporate work now anyway. They booked me for something about two years ago. It wasn't that long ago. And when I'd, you know, finished and, uh, and about about a week later, they found me and said, look, we've got a problem with this client. They're, they're, you know, they're arguing about. And I said, right. I've been in this game a long time. You've been in this game a long time. We've worked together a lot. And you've always been very, very good to me. Do me a favor, just tell them to forget it. I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in their fee. I'm not interested <laughs> in having any communication. I wonder why they stopped emailing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was just because some some of them are so horrible that you just think, no, I'm not I'm not arguing with you because that demeans me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You also, know. you don't I don't I think you don't ever want to be that. You know, I think you're you, you're somebody. Every time I've ever seen you gig, if, even though you're somebody you've been going as long as you have, you always turn over new stuff. You're like you're very fresh as a comedian. Whereas a lot of those guys that get, I think, get caught up in that sort of corporate cruise yeah. sort of circuits, they they just sort of stall because they just go. You've got to essentially switch off a bit. Yeah, and just go through the motions. You know what I mean? You don't because you don't want to do loads of new exciting stuff at a corporate because it dies and you feel sad. No. And what you want to do, of course, is you because you've got a Protestant work ethic, is you want to go and think, oh, I've been on their website and I, I'll find out about their business and I'll yeah, do stuff yeah. specific to them. And then you meet them and you think, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. You know what I've always had, uh, always in the back of my head, and I collect them, I've always wanted to have a 20 minute gag set. Yeah. Just a tw- Yeah. It's you know, just. Great. I, I, I think about once a year, every, once every six months, I reckon, I think I have that thought of going, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write a clean, sort of punchy, mainstream yeah. style set for these things. And then, the, I, then I just, I can't, I, I don't feel I've got that muscle. I don't feel I've got jokes. All made up, all made up jokes. And I yeah. do collect them. Every now and again, I'll hear one and, and I'll think, yeah, because they're all, they're all stolen, obviously. They're yeah, all, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no, nothing's written by anyone. Uh, and sometimes I hear one and I keep a little list of them. Things like, oh, my wife, my wife, blah, blah, blah. There's no love lofts between us. It's all gone a bit stale. Last year, I had a heart attack. She wrote for an ambulance. And I think <laughs> I would do that, Joe. I would yeah, love yeah. to have, I'd love to be that guy just for half an hour, just have that set. Do you know and who's that- got a, a brilliant, like, encyclopedic list of great just jokes is Rich Hall. I like oh. Richard's Rich always he's he's got like, he loves telling old jokes like in green rooms uh, it, but you know considering he then goes on he does such fun like his yeah, original uh, stuff he just loves an old joke he told me the funniest go one on. a couple of months ago in at the banana he just told me this one it's quite rude but he said uh, it's a famous joke he said I've, I've not heard it it's about a, a guy who, who's a he's got a bar and he's he loses his pianist who does the background music so he puts an advert out and a guy comes in and just starts playing beautifully on the piano. He goes, go on, give me, a, give me a sort of sample. So he plays this beautiful song, all instrumental. And the guy goes, that is absolutely beautiful. He goes, what's it called? And the guy goes, oh, it's called, um, you know, cut my balls and suck me dry. And the guy goes, <laughs> goes all right. And he goes, have you got anything else? And the guy plays a beautiful number again. And he says, oh, that's amazing. What's that called? And he goes, yes, it's called stick your finger up my ass and, uh, and, and call me names. Right? And he, the guy goes, right. He goes, look, I want you to, I want you to play tonight, but um, can you just not tell anyone the names of the songs? Just play them. <laughs> the, guy goes, the guy goes, yeah, that's fine. So that night, the guy's playing. The bar's lovely, lovely atmosphere. Everyone's enjoying it. He nips off for a toilet break, the pianist. And as he's coming out of the toilet, a guy just comes up to him. 
goes, mate, um, do you know you've got your um, you've got your flies open and your cock's hanging out? And he goes, no, it, mate, I wrote it. That's <laughs> 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 a great joke. It's lovely. It's lovely, isn't it? It's just I love I love them little sort of shaggy dog story type. But how many? See, because uh, sometimes I try and do the math. And you, what would you need? Thirty of them. What, yeah, for twenty minutes. Yeah, fifty of them. Yeah, yeah. Not clever. Not. I'm not talking about Milton. I'm not talking about no. Tony Cowards or nothing clever. No puns. Just bang, bang jokes. Like yeah, like yeah. anecdote jokes, like <clears throat> paragraph jokes, kind of thing. They're about a minute each, aren't they? Yeah, about 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 a minute each. Because basically, that's all uh, I do anyway. Really, is is get you turn you make it into a story, but it's basically yeah, yeah. a question of jokes. You always head yeah, into yeah, yeah. And I think why bother with all that yeah. pretense of. Oh, and then this happened. No, it didn't. Just jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just Julian. You're pretty economical with your sort of fat around a bit, isn't it? You just tend mm. to get to the point. I normally get the twist of the joke and then build around it. Yeah. So you, you just pretend it's kind of an anecdote or something about my kids. Yeah. Well, have you spoken to Gary Delaney? Yeah. Oh, well, Gary Delaney came on my radio show and... It was it's half a scientist with it, isn't it? It's, it's really exactly interesting. what it is. He starts off by saying, "Before I think you need to understand is to some people, um, comedy is an art. To me, it's a, a, a best a craft, but mainly yeah. a science." Right. And and talks about it in the most, I have to say, stunningly boring, but exquisitely <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. But as a joke yeah. writer, it's really interesting him breaking it wow. down yeah. does. I mean but I think that would only work with that style of comedy of one yeah. you can't do it you can't do a story based on that maths no. equation yeah no. <laughs> equation for my set it would be an absolute <laughs> write-off <laughs> look like the scribblings of a madman <laughs> so yeah I don't yeah I, I, I'm Lee Mac Lee Mac did a series of mangoes jokes did you remember those <laughs> no. mangoes in a pub oh yeah they probably <laughs> add it to some cocktail I don't know Mangoes in a chemist. Uh, I suppose there's something in the juice that cures skin ailments or something. And he just used to keep on doing them. And I just thought that they get funnier and funnier. Yeah, the yeah, more. yeah. It's, I like, yeah. It's, I, I much prefer, I don't, I, I try and avoid ever thinking about it as a science, as a craft. I was just, I want it to just be people just being funny, isn't it? Mm. The first jokes I think I saw were like Bill Hicks when he used to do, because he used to do one-liners as well, didn't he? Yeah. Like, like um, you worked with him, didn't you, Bob? Yeah. I did work with Bill. Yeah. Really? Where? Yeah. What, was the, when, what was the gig? Okay. <laughs> Jungler's <laughs> Covent Garden, Christmas. It's <laughs> a Christmas show, yeah. <laughs> the and before, I've ever been booed off. Before he went on, I said, Bill, Lady at the front, Rosemary, she's just broken up. <laughs> no. But he used to have one-liners like, you know, just little one. Like most people see him as like political, but he did have good little one-liners. Like, he had some good jokes like, as I well. Need, um, like I need eight hours sleep a day and about 10 at night. Just little just <laughs> yeah. little things like that, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he was. Uh, I worked with him. I'll tell you what happened. I was at the, the comedy store, the old comedy store, and... Um, uh, Simon Fanshawe, who very few people remember these days, but he was a lovely comic, Simon Fanshawe. He's gone on to do other things. Uh, said he was, he said, I'm uh, organizing some shows at the Shaftesbury Theatre. I'm bringing over American comics, which uh, it was all a big equity problem in those days. You couldn't bring Americans over. So that uh, the ones that did come over, like Dennis Leary, and that actually came and lived here in order to work, and Rich and Pete Rich Hall and people like that. But he said, I'm, I'm doing five weeks, five different bills. And uh, I think Jack D was comparing, but there was, a, there was a week he couldn't do. And he asked me to do it, and I did it. And it was, it was Billy M. Coronel, who's now a name you see in the credits of The Simpsons and things like right. that. Roger Cabler, who was a very talented uh, impressionist. Uh, George Wallace, who's a big black comic, who actually supported Seinfeld when he came over. He's now Mr. Vegas, apparently. <laughs> And Bill Hicks, who we, and the, the, the worst thing is the first night was a Friday, they did Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And the first night was a Friday. And as soon as the show had finished, I ran like a child, like a, like a horrible Northern child with a tale to tell down to the comedy store. 
and said, I've just been working to this guy with this guy. He's he's stolen all uh, Dennis Leary's stuff. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all Dennis's stuff, <laughs> word for word. <laughs> and and because you have to remember this is before the internet, before yeah, yeah. you could see any comic anywhere in the world. So when it when when I said to Dennis that I'd seen this guy, he sort of quailed a little bit and said, Oh, oh yeah, we, we go back a long way. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a strange thing. But of course they were basically doing the same set. Yeah, yeah. And was it so what was was Dennis Leary just full on ripping it off? Is that no do we know uh, what the No, well uh, no, I don't think he was. He was he was treading the same he was he was the same persona. Yes. You know. Lock and load, lock and load. Hey, smiley, happy people. I want the smiley people at the front of the bus, happy people at the bus, and all that kind of stuff. And and smoking was a part of it. But yeah. it was it was very, very similar. It right. would be like we all know the Eddie Izzard impressionists on the circuit. Mm. You know, there there was a time when there was about 50 of them. So <laughs> it, it was it was kind of like that. He, he was very much in the shadow of, of, of Bill Hicks. It's a funny one. Like you don't really, I think, I, whenever I see young, like now you see younger comics and because I think there's so much more comedy available, I think, you, I think it's much easier now to see, you know, their influences. I, I, and why that I mean, like it used, I think you used to see somebody be like, they're just ripping off somebody. Like, you know, there wasn't a sense yeah. of that, but normally- It used to be comic- Stuart Lee when I started. There was yeah. a lot of Stuart Lee's around. There was Lee's a few around. Stuart Lee's yeah. around, but, um, yeah. but I think now, like, you can really see the ones that watch a lot of American comedy. Yeah. See, like, I've seen so many comics in the last sort of five years who've got a real Bill Burr twang to their delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's like, it's much wider. Obviously, it's just probably just because there's more comics now that you spot it more often. I but, guess it's the same. I guess it happens in music. I guess after Elvis, there was a lot of people doing that. Yeah. So uh, they can't really be blamed. There were a lot of Stuarts. The first big one really was Eddie. Yeah. Because yeah. when when Eddie finally, after three years of being, you know, the 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 host that you desperately tried to avoid because he was so utterly r- rubbish. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I thought you were no, going to brilliant. <laughs> no, no. When Eddie was doing the Screaming Blue Murders, Pete Harris's gig, because Pete oh, yeah. was, was his original manager. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think you, I think, I think you're trying to do something. It's like, almost like a Picasso thing. I'm not sure what it is, but I think you're trying. So I'll give you two years at my clubs to to compare, and I'll never, I'll never sack you because you're not getting laughs. So go out and try. Mm. And if you turned up at the Screaming Blue Murder, you you would say. Uh, Ed, uh, mate, a little bit of a, I'm not sure, don't perish the quail of them, all right? Don't, I don't want any of that shit. Just go go on. And Still the other one... Answer and get me on, mate. Yeah, just because I can't handle going out there with them being, what? All confused and angry. <laughs> it's a hard, and you know one, what? It's a hard one to... I, I think when a compare dies, <sighs> that's a brutal thing to witness. Like, because if you're you know, first on, it's it's tricky because you've almost got a, and I know it sounds horrible, but you've got if you're the first act on, you've sort of got to throw them under the bus a bit because you, you oh know, absolutely you've got to reach big on your terms, and they're the person that's ruined it. So you, I think, mm. and most good comics will accept if they've had a bad gig that the gig the comic after them is allowed to dig them out a bit. Mm. Well, the whole thing of comparing at all, I and mean, we've been very, very uh, industry chat now. I know, we'll move on to this in a second. I know, I think... but very quickly, the thing about compares is that there was a time, of course, when comp- compare was a separate job. Arthur Smith was a compare. Yeah. You know, and he compared the jungle, and he compared stores. I-, I did it for about five years, junglers and stores, and Tim Clark was the other one. And, you know, you went out there and you compared. You didn't go out there to do your set. You went out yeah. there to warm the audience and get them in a good mood and get mm. them right to the right pay to bring on the act. Uh, and when that sort of died down uh, and they just would get a comic and he'd do his first 10 minutes before the first act and, and, and it sort of fell to pieces. Well, I, I, I prefer places that don't have them, really. Oh, I don't, I don't. I still like, I mean, I, st- I still like comparing for that thing. I like that freedom of messing around with the audience for a bit. You know, I tend not to do material when I compare, but I'd sort of, I don't mind if a compare just does gear before me. Like I've been, I've done the store where John Maloney's hosting and John will go out and say, hello, ladies and gentlemen. And then he'll just bang into 10 minutes of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and actually it works because, you know, it's, he's, he's good enough to do that. But then, so by the time you go on, they've just, they're aware that, oh, this is a good comedy mm. night. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not against it. 
it's not what I would do just because that's not my instinct, but you know, I think it's a, there's a place for it. Yeah, I think so. But the, but there's no, but you, you're right. There's nothing worse than a bad oh, compare. <laughs> it's either a bad compare or an antagonistic compare. You know, the <sighs> ones that sort of rile them up a bit and then you come on and it's almost like they've created this idea that it's us versus them. Yeah. yeah and that was the, we're all here together. Yeah. There's nothing worse than, than hearing too soon. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's not too soon. It's just not funny enough. That's why my, my they're not shocked. Favorite. They're just bored. My least favorite thing. If I'm backstage waiting to go on, I hear a compare say, you know, guys, oh, don't shout out because the comics will ruin you. I'm like, what? what do you oh, I know. I hate backstage? that. It's, what do you it's think? Like, no, I won't. Anyway? If they shout out, if I can't think of anything funny to say back, I'm probably just going to ignore it and <laughs> pretend I didn't yeah. hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they fucking ruin them. <laughs> it's, oh, I, I always find that such a silly thing to say it's a comedy <laughs> night it's a comedy show if you shout out chances are people will stare at you nearby yeah and the bouncers might come and say can you keep it down that's the, the that's the end of it really isn't yeah. it yeah there no will be no room no, no. no no one's believing on a stretcher are they <laughs> i just i find it such a strange but i think that comes from some there's some comedians that have that ego of we're above you we're better it's us versus that you Whereas yeah there is very much and I, i've noticed that more be more and more prevalent as time's gone on it was i don't think it was ever like that although maybe that's because it was actually like that a lot more back in the early days with the store and the late shows and stuff like that yeah, just like yeah. ripping ripping into the front row a bit if there's a big guy like digging him out but they, yeah i guess that it, changed didn't it well, no, the thing was, you only, uh, no one set out, apart from Sadovitz, no one set out to do that. Yeah. But it was, it was the audiences then. I mean, they're much better now, the audience. Oh, definitely. Because they're Even, comedy, they've seen comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they know how it works. The old late night, the store audience would just, oh, hang on, you can keep drinking till two. Wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> my target demographic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, uh, but anyway, yeah, let's not let's not keep let's not get too industry. Here. No, go on. Um, talk about? We're going to talk about Christmas. It's um, it's the Christmas period. Oh, okay. That's one thing that's not been. Uh, did you did you do any Zoom gigs? Do you know what I did? My first Zoom gig last week. I and avoided was it a Christmas them. gig. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, was I it? it was. I felt deeply emotionally sad. <laughs> 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 because it was it was a strange setup. Went well then. <laughs> it, well, it was funny enough. It was all right. But they said the guy said, "Would you do this Zoom gig? You you have worked for them previously, and they really wanted you to do it." And I said, "Okay, but a Zoom gig's very different." And you know, I'm not I'm not sure really that much. Okay, so um, <laughs> but it was weird because I had to sit down because yes. it was set up in such a way, and I'm. I stand up and I move about and it's so it was odd. And I think, I think it, uh, funny enough, Adam Bloom did it and he was excellent because he'd done about 30. Yeah. He's he realized they're a different grammar and you have to do. The yeah. Thing. I just thought, because they were all, so what I was looking at was a screen with lots of little boxes and all these people at home, at home in their own homes. Yeah. At the Christmas do. And it was like, <laughs> Okay, if, if if you're happy to to do this, then I'll take the money to to talk to you. But it is odd. Yeah, but there was I because I did quite a few of them, um, and I I was telling Julian yesterday actually it wasn't it was on our Patreon thing, but um, basically I found them to be. Um, but I was I mean I've got a low threshold. I, mean, I was comparing them against a bad Christmas gig, mm. so compared to them, I found them really pleasant because everyone was in their own homes. Yeah they felt like this was quite a cool event that they were like, oh, this is quite nice. It's quite a friendly little thing. So actually I found the atmosphere in them really nice. There was a nice uh, intention to them. Yes, so they weren't, yes. they weren't the normal Christmas thing of let's all get shit faced on the company card. A big and, office party. And, and also something. normally people don't want to be there because they want, they'd rather be in a pub somewhere just with an unlimited bar 
Mm. Um, but I, so I found them all nice. But then I did, I did one where I absolutely died on Friday. <laughs> that was so because it's a different. There's, there's dying and then there's dying in your own house. Yes, and like they were just there <laughs> was a, a wall of shower. them staring at me, and they were all like eighteen year old Yorkshire just sitting in, and they were all in their office. So I was like, why, why are we doing this? They're all sitting. You should have just pretended your Wi-Fi froze oh, and mate, just freeze like that. <laughs> did you? At what point did you know that that you were? Down because I had a couple of times on this where I thought, oh, this is going really badly, and but apparently it wasn't. But I knew got- I was dying uh, about eight minutes before I got on when I was watching Sarah Keyworth hosting it, and I could see in her <laughs> eyes how much she was hating it. Oh, and Sarah, we we discussed it since, like we all, like me, it was three of us did the gig, and um, we all just were not, we did not enjoy it. They didn't want to, they didn't want it. It was like all the staff felt like. There was an air that they'd been forced to watch this by a head office. Like, no, we've mm. paid for it. You're watching it. And they just wanted to sit around there. They were in the same office. They weren't, you know, there was no being at home. They could have literally had an office party. Yeah. So we were we were basically in the way. And f- they just stared at us. I literally just had a screen of people staring at me like that. <laughs> oh, now and again, checking their phones. <laughs> it was fucking brutal. Well, it was, it, it, I found I'd it love really to strange. Oh, because I, I wish I, I recorded it. <laughs> I was under the impression because the guy organised it said, "No, you don't do it from your own house. You come to me, and I've got a studio." And I thought, okay. oh, "This is great." So it'll for them, it'll be like watching a live show. That, but of course, yeah. once I got there, I realised, "Oh, it's a studio, but I've still got to fill this much space." <laughs> you know, I can't. Whoa, and get no. up. So it was a bit. But those office parties. I don't know if you remember Jonglers for a while. Uh, before the the famous Covent Garden ones, took the Cafe de Paris in uh, Lower Regent Street, mm-hmm. which is on three floors. Yeah, and they had they had Christmas parties going on each floor, but there were those parties for companies that couldn't quite either weren't big enough or didn't have enough money to have their own office party. So in this big ballroom of like four hundred people, you would have tables of different companies. Yeah, yeah, I've done my, I've got, my company I worked for when I was in my early 20s, we went to one and my mate got kicked out for heckling Rudy Liquid. Oh, <laughs> so it was, wow. oh, it was brutal. <laughs> and the worst thing is at that point, I'd started stand up. I was very new. But even I, so I'm sitting there next to a workmate who's shouting and him and Rudy had a big argument and it got really heated. And then my mate's getting dragged out and I'm just sitting there thinking, fuck, like, you know, <laughs> I, I was on Rudy's side, but I, like, I couldn't say that out loud to the work crew. Did you did you tell Rudy? Uh, I did. I've, do you know what? I've never weirdly we live right near each other. But we've only gigged together in my entire career, like maybe once, maybe twice. Uh, we don't really know each other. It's just one of the things we've never been in that little run of gigs together. So no, I think it's probably it's written into his contract that that <laughs> night he never wants to <laughs> recognise me. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> but then yeah, they were they they're not a, they're not a good. No, they're they're horrible. But you see, comedies, there are so many places that comedy, comedy's a perfect, a beautiful night out. If you're in a couple, you're three or four of you, go to a comedy club, you sit, you watch comedy, it's beautiful. But the the one thing it is never, ever suitable for is a a Christmas party, a works party. Because what you have to do is sit and listen. You have to pay attention. Yeah. You know, but now, that's why I think the Zoom ones were slightly better than a than a, a shit because they're separated, day. aren't they? They are actually sitting there watching. Do you know I mean, there is an element. Of, yeah, okay. It's not as good as a. It's not as. It's never going to be as fun as an actual nice gig, but it's it's in in the middle ground. It's better than a Christmas gig. I so, think. I think it was a sort of. I felt that when I'd finished, I thought if maybe if I did ten of those, because it wasn't right until the end. I only ever. I, I came up with a sort of specific. Zoom gig, Zoom joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is right at the end. I suddenly started saying, "Oh, sorry, uh, Paul and David, uh, Michael and Susan, Ray." And they said, "Sorry, I've just someone's come out to prove I'm not a robot. I have to point <laughs> to all the boxes with stupid with shit furniture in them." <laughs> <laughs> and that was, and that got a big laugh. And I thought, "Oh, <laughs> do you know what? I think you, because uh, I was watching, I watched Bloom do his, and I thought, yeah, this is it's a different gig. You yeah, you can, it. you can, there's things you can do at a Zoom gig yeah. you can't do it at a normal gig because yeah, at a normal gig you can't see like, someone shut so your yeah. laptop, <laughs> <laughs> like not like have your dick out." Yeah, 
been naked from the waist down. Um, I weird. I did a gig at Cafe de Paris once. It was a corporate. It was a burlesque corporate. I was the only yeah. comic on. And did I had the to follow a guy. Was it all right? <laughs> I, I was the only guy. I was the only comic, but I had to follow a guy whose act was he whipped the clothes off his assistants. And she, oh. had like, she had this big sort of dress that was made of, it was probably made of paper or something. She and knew he was going to do that, did she? <laughs> she was livid. <laughs> she just bought that dress. It wasn't Rex Roper, was it? I, I don't know what his name there, there used to be a, a guy that I worked with a couple of times at corporate. I presume it's a stage name. That's a, oh, it's a lucky, yeah. <laughs> lucky career trip. Yeah, who did the, uh, like that. Yeah. And he came, you do the rehearsal, you know, at corporate. So I'd just walk through stuff and the thing. And he'd say, All right, I'll come and I'll need someone. Maybe the managing director would come and just hold his glass and I'll do that. And then if he puts a cigarette in, I'll do that. And he demonstrated it. Very, very good. And then there would be this two hours while they were eating and having speeches during which he got paralytically drunk. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, this is really funny. He's pretending to be drunk now while he's doing this. <laughs> and then I realized, and then basically in the end, he was just hammering this thing and the whip was getting caught in chandeliers. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling down. Oh, bless. It's, um, it's a hard but Christmas, to uh, Christmas is, it, yeah, it is a funny time for, for comedy. Because yes. It's, it's, that's, it is the one place you wouldn't want to be at Christmas. No. And comedy I even thing. like, even though I was doing comedy at that time when we when I went to that one, I even didn't want to be there because I was on my no. work Christmas party. I genuinely yeah. wanted to get shit faced. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing about corporates in general. People who say, oh, corporate audience, corporate audiences, oh, they're shit. Well, they, they, they kind of are, but only because you have to understand them and you, and you have to get inside their head, which is what they are is a, in general. Three or four hundred people who very often work for the same company, but in many, many different branches who don't see each other except once mm. a year when yeah, they meet yeah. up. Um, um, and you're seems, ruining it. it yeah, you basically, yeah, you, you sort of are. Yeah. Interrupting their catch ups. You're just another speech that they've got. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sales projections, <laughs> managing director. That's the worst. Cop jokes. Yeah. That's the, I think that's the worst thing that can happen as a comic is you feel like you're doing a speech. Yeah. You know, when it veers into that, you know, there's no comedy here. They're just, they're not into it. No. Just talking at some strangers. As, as Simon Bly said one, uh, on a Saturday night, uh, the one of these stories be Friday and Saturday, in the middle of his set on a Saturday night, it's just said, isn't it funny? Last night I was a comedian. Tonight I'm just a man in a room talking. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it is the worst thing in the world, especially when you think, uh, again, the corporate thing and the Christmas thing, when, when you think, do you know what? I don't blame you for this. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. I don't, yeah, no, I've only you know, ever, if this is your rare, fault. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's, it's not your fault, gig. it's not my fault. It's Kevin from Accounts' fault. Because <laughs> he saw live at the Apollo and said, yes, that's what I'll organise. I'll book, I'll book that. Yeah. But yeah, but this, I think it was, yeah, it was quite nice, I think, to have a December without it this year. It was yeah. quite, I think it's a good thing for people to realise that there was, you know, maybe it's not something you need to do every year. Even <laughs> Please. <that pays> well. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on from that. Let's quickly chat Christmas. What's your, um, are you a Christmassy man? I'm a, yeah, of course I do. I'm a, I love Christmas. It's a highlight of my, because I've, I've been a family man for as long as I've been a comedian. And so it's always a massive part of my life. And I love the fact that even when I was a kid, when we, you know, we were, we went 51 weeks of the year fighting over the last bit of bread and then <laughs> had this week of the year where walnuts appeared and all these things appeared. <laughs> You got to fight over them, you know. And we, because my mum was always in a Christmas club, so right. it was, you know, for, in the middle of November or something, you'd say, "Oh, mum, really? Have we got any soup? No, we haven't got soup. I haven't got soup. <laughs> You've eaten once today, and all the suddenly. <laughs> but then Greedy. the man would come round, or my auntie Ethel would come round with this big wadge of money, and she'd suddenly be buying, like. I tell you the, the the one the nut with the inside the chocolate. Oh, I still but I still like M &M. The inside the chocolate. A Brazil Not nut. M and M. Brazil nut. Yeah, Brazil nut. I used to love those. And I remember once she gave me 
<laughs> he gave me a bag and opened it up and I ate it. I didn't know what it was, but years later I realised that it was candied fruit. <laughs> and I, I where in your life have you ever thought, I'll tell you what, I might struggle the rest of the year, but December the 25th, <laughs> I'm going to, these kids are having fruit with sugar on it. <laughs> Fried. It's well, like I, a toffee apple. Or just like, even like, I, I actually weirdly, that's weird coincidence. I bought a pack of dried mango a couple of days ago in a shop. Didn't realize it was sugared. So it was, uh, it's, I didn't, it was an accident. So I basically just, and mango is, I believe, quite a bad fruit for its sugar level. I think mm. it's quite got a lot of sucrose, whatever it is. And um, add sugar on that. I mean, that is a, that's a diabetic attack. Wait, yeah. It's probably fructose, isn't it? Fructose is the one. Isn't yeah. it? I've yeah. just made one up, I think. It's my favourite one. Is it? <laughs> I think fructose is good for you, though, isn't it? I, I think uh, in, 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 in certain In moderation, there. not yeah. in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a bag of powder. <laughs> not a couple of lines but no, of I, I, I love Christmas. I've always been a huge fan of it. Uh, I'm, I'm a bully at Christmas. I insist that... Uh, whatever, whatever my children are doing with their lives, whatever their relationships are, wherever they are geographically, I insist that on Christmas Day and Boxing Day they're in. You get my a house. present from them. <laughs> yes, I get a present from them, and that they're in my house on their own. Really? That's nice. Yeah, partners. No, par- no partners. No Not spouses. Really? What's that? Well, what, hang on. What age are you? That's, we need to. Oh, they're grown ups. No, they're they're grown ups now. And my son's now been with his girlfriend for about. Eight years, so she would be, yes, yeah, she would certainly be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's part, part of it. What, what, how many years were they together before she was allowed? Seven and a half. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I, I'll tell you what it was. For about five years, she went to her parents and he came to yes. ours. And I thought that was because that's what they chose to do. But I think it was because he said, you know what, come to us on Boxing Day. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. But Christmas Day is very territorial. Don't want to meet Dad on Christmas Day. No, not really, because everything's <laughs> sat. And it would, it would then the, the, the table would be odd. Because it would be me, my wife, my daughter, my son, and then someone else here. I don't know where you fit in. (laughs) (laughs) That's Christmas really nice and welcome. (laughs) Yes, it's very much about symmetry. Right. (laughs) Okay. Um, So okay. So you insist on what? Is there an age where you're going to let them off the leash and they can go? No, I doubt it. What about when they have their own families? I don't know. That would be problematic, (laughs) I suppose. I suppose the marriage vow <laughs> and the child would that they would have to be allowed that then they'd have to be included, but they, you want, they you will want be legal documentation before they're allowed to run yes space. yes, I think so. yeah, I don't want casual uh, you know casual. <laughs> although having said that, we have just a one know, night stand wakes up Christmas <laughs> yeah. day morning comes and joins you at the table <laughs> although having said that we 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 have had very often had people who just you know are stuck in town and haven't got anywhere to can't get home don't them. Like I'm, I'm quite nice See you with then. that, but uh, <laughs> but I do like a, a family Christmas, and and I spend ridiculous amounts of money when I didn't have any. Yeah, yeah. I would go into debt. For I've always been. Yeah, yeah. I've always overspent at Christmas, regardless yeah. of my financial yeah position at Definitely. that point. What's and it, and it, it's pointless, but I think it stops me from getting cynical. That's what it is. Yeah, I also think there's a definite working class thing to that like I am you know I my my parents did that you know my parents were poor all year round but they would somehow make Christmas like they you know we weren't the most Christmassy family it wasn't all lovely big Christmas dinners but they always they always spent more money than they had at Christmas to sort of Mm. it's almost like here's this is a let's this is the makeup for yeah yes I yeah, think exactly. That's a real working class uh, mentality to have. I, I think that was a deal that parents struck. Yeah. Listen, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, October, October. You're gonna not going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your trainers are going to be shit. You're yeah, we ain't got You're going to get cussed at school. <laughs> but one week, <laughs> we're going to have a good true. day on the 25th. <laughs> yeah. um, and also, yes. of course, we eat tremendously well. We we have. Because we were we were vegetarian for the first twenty years of our marriage, I suppose. Uh, and then what, I, we, what happened? We were vegetarian when we met. I got um, a lot of problems with my with my bones and joints, and I went to see a doctor, and he said one of the things he said was that 
if you want to be a vegetarian, you can be a vegetarian, but you've got to have fish oil. You can't, otherwise you're going to become arthritic. You're going to seize up. Uh, and once I started taking fish oil, I thought, well, that's it now. All bets are have a steak on. with it. <laughs> yeah, I've done these. <laughs> once that stable door's open. I've, I've got the surf. We might as well turf up as well, might we? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and I just went back in. I felt I'd done my time, 20 years. But we still always at Christmas have, without any shadow of a doubt, the finest nut roast available to oh, really? Which are, yes, it's a wonderful. And where, where do you get yeah, the nut home, roast? Home my wife makes them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. She makes half a dozen. As I speak, there are about half a dozen in our freezer. Right. So we'll, we'll eat sort of two or three, and then others, the kids take them with them Lovely. when they go. It is that thing that the words nut roast, because obviously, we're both vegans, right? The, the the word nut roast, I think, has got such a bad connotation because yeah. of bad nut roasts. But, yeah. you know, I think actually, because people think when they say nut roast, you're just, it's going to be mushed up nuts in, turned into literally a loaf. Whereas yeah. actually, it's got shitloads going on. Like, we've <coughs> made different ones year on year. Some years it's full of mushrooms and cranberries and all sorts of yeah. mad. And it ends up, like, sometimes... But last year we had this one that was like a sort of nut roast concoction. There was all sorts of stuff going on, roasted inside a butternut squash. And it was ah. delicious. Yeah, it would it, be. So sliced a bit. And it was like a round sort of steak full of just, oh, it's so much flavour in it. It's delicious. And, and also back in the day when we got married, we, I'm talking about the 80s when we were married and became veggie. It wasn't like now where you have got, you know, Anything you want, you can totally. you can have, you can eat. Whereas then, I see, I can remember the first veggie burger. Oh, I imagine it was absolute dog shit. It, it was absolute dog shit. It was Casey Jones. <laughs> Just a flattened carrot. Yeah. <laughs> Casey Jones were, were always, they had, they were a fast food uh, place. They were pretty much only at mainline stations. Uh, and I was working, I was a car washer at King's Cross and somebody said, I'm going to Casey Jones. Do you want anything? I said, no, I don't eat burgers. And they said, well, they do veggie burger. And I said, yeah, wow. And he came back and it was it was literally like, as you held the bun, stuff just slopped out the side of it. Yeah, yeah. Green the consistency stuff. has always been yeah. the issue. As, they, yeah. as time has gone on now, they're good. Like, I remember when I first went vegan, it was still that era of like, we still didn't have a good veggie burger. Like, nah. um, I The funniest I had... Was I was in Cork in Ireland about seven years ago, I reckon, six, seven years ago. And uh, and I, I couldn't believe it. I went to a little cafe and it said vegan sausage baguette. It had all the all the food, all the breakfasts, and it said vegan sausage baguette. And I said it to the waitress and she looked confused when I said it to her. She looked over and saw it was there and went, oh, right, okay. Wrote it down. No one's then, ever said that before, is it? I don't think to her. I don't know if he was new or something. Um, she went off and then she came back with, uh, it was an empty baguette. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Empty baguette was With salad. a note in it saying, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I laughed because I thought, oh, fucking hell, it's a prank, isn't it? They've written vegan sausage. Right? And this is used <laughs> an empty bat. And I actually, as much as I want to eat a vegan sausage right now, that's really funny. And I said to her, I get it, it's funny. And she sort of didn't understand the joke. Turns out she didn't realise there was such a thing as a vegan sausage. So she'd gone off and made it and thinking that was what it was. That was oh, what a vegan sausage wow. And the chef uh, um, or the other person, they was like, it's just a little like family cafe. The other person was livid. They were like, you know, that we'd been given what was essentially a piss take. And uh, <laughs> they, had, they had Linda McCartney's in the freezer. Ah. <laughs> but it was, it's, I mean, it, that sort of, you know, that shows the, how things have changed the last, yeah. even the last um, five years. Oh, yeah. yeah. The stuff you get now. I had a vegan chicken sandwich for lunch today. Mind you, that's, that's the thing that's always bothered me, is why use the word chicken? I think it's a marketing thing. I've got no issue. I understand. You know, I remember Holly Walsh had a really funny uh, thing about vegan bacon. And she goes like, you know sort of you lot no you lot chose to be vegan but you're not allowed to have our shapes you know what i mean yeah and yeah, basically yeah. i get it but i think it is just easy like lesbians with like dildos <laughs> do you know what it's remarkably similar to that too. i'd never thought of it you like made your bed. yeah um, <laughs> i uh <laughs> just putting things in perspective do you know what just i mean tracking that in there what is it that soul says soul bernstein listen let me tell you something. 
I, I don't mind anyone. People can be whatever they like. If you're a homosexual, you're gay. God bless you. I hope you love. I hope you're happy. If you're straight, I hope you're happy. I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like you. I don't like your bisexual. Greedy bastard. <laughs> oh, he's like the bloke walks into the, oh, I'll have a bit of crab. But, but, oh, there's some beef over there. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, but I do. I get, I get the thing about chicken. But it, I, do you know what I said? I genuinely think it's just... If it's made to taste and look like chicken, it's the easiest word to use to make people understand. Yes, yes, I understand. Mm. I, now, I know some people have got issues with it. In France, isn't it? They've Have they banned or they're trying to ban in France the use of any meat words for any non-meat products? Yes, I, uh, that is, I would not put that past the French. No, is that? <laughs> with their but it's, like, it's like a, a tofu turkey is called like tofurkey. Tofurkey, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, is that the company, tofurkey, I think? Oh, uh, maybe. I love your portmanteau word. I can't get enough of portmanteau words. Portmanteau just, words. What's, is, what's well, a tofurkey. Oh, is, is that, that what that they, is? Yeah. I heard the word portmanteau. Oh, do you not? No. Oh. Okay. Um... Just any amount of portmanteau words when they it's when they a put tuduc- is it what's the one um a tuduckan what's the thing is that what's that thing people cook the the chicken duck there's all the, the people that do oh, the multi bird the, the five bird roast there's a there's a word for that uh, where they've sort of mashed uh, all the words yeah. together to create a super I think it's called murder <laughs> yeah, it's called mass murder but there's lots of them <laughs> the, I, I do I love a portmanteau word but here's the other thing now we're talking about Christmas um and 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 the food and the presents and the money. Does does a religion play any part in your Christmases? Either of you? I am because my family's Catholic, but I am sort of you know I've sort of parked that. I'm still very fond of it, but uh, I I haven't been to church on Christmas Day for years. Weirdly, I, I walked past because I pop, I popped into a church up here recently when I was out for a walk. Lovely little church I'd never been in before, and part of me thought I might I might have a little Christmas Day church session. Um, just because I do like, I love churches, but I just don't, they're not, they're, what they're chatting about isn't for me anymore. Which is, I believe that is in the calendar. There's Pentecost, third Sunday after Pentecost, uh, and little Christmas session. Yes. <laughs> church session. I believe that's what it's known as. I went into a church today, actually, just have a little look around. I like churches as well, but yeah, the same. Um, I don't, you know, have to follow along with everything. I love I do, churches. But I do, I, yeah, and I do think of Christmas as a Christian yeah. thing. I can't help. I would. Go, I would go if my if my kids would want to go. I wouldn't want to drag them unwilling. No. But if they would like to go, I think that'd be great. But they definitely won't. So yes. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what about midnight mass the night before? That's always fun. Oh, me, and my, that's me and my gorgeous. mates used to get shit faced and go to midnight yeah. mass in two. Imagine going like to St Paul's and doing that or something. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't even know if they're happening this year. What's the because of the COVID rules? I know churches, churches are open. Churches are open. I don't know if midnight masses. Are oh open. yeah, but no, there's no midnight mass, and it is and socially distanced church doesn't doesn't work at all. Are you what you're I'd, all about? I'd the sign of peace. <laughs> you want handshaking? On oh no, actually, well no, I'm not a big fan of the the huggy that came in about about. 10 years ago but the, but then before that growing up the handshaking peace yeah with you that was always yeah a thing. That, yeah that, the limited, it was limited at the handshake there was yeah. no other physical contact no and that's catholic as well you're yeah. catholic and so then that was that Would was you, church of england yeah yeah protestant and what the yeah the, the bad ones yeah <laughs> and, um, do you make the family go as well the, the kids no put... no they they don't i don't make them go and my, my daughter is, is sort of into it a little bit but my son's like all 30 year olds of this generation is a is an atheist who's gonna rot in hell basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately um, but that's just what of... happens <laughs> Um, it is, yeah. It's I had coffee one. with a, a vicar today, actually, just walked around Greenwich Park. Yeah, it was nice, it's nice. They planned, got sort of a, or just was it? It, it was planned, actually. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so like, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> just following him. Of your pants. I mean, was it it a vicar? It, he's a he's actually a trainee vicar, he's only in his 30s, but he does funerals and weddings. I mean, he's he's you know, how nearly you get, how do you get those gigs if you're only a trainee? I, I don't know if the words trainee, but they've got two. Pri- <laughs> I don't even know if the words vicar. It might be priest or it's him. Well, what religion a, is he? It's Christian. Well, he's a well. Okay, he's probably a curate then, which is on on the way to him. But you do vic. You do. Yeah, he's do doing he's doing that. services and stuff. 
Um, so he's, you know, on knows his way to get, he's on his way to get in his collar. Yeah, yeah, he knows he knows his way around the Bible, you know. <laughs> I suppose to Richard Cole, Reverend Richard Cole. Oh, yeah, he seems nice. Be, 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 be. Well, he is nice, and of course, I always forget who he was because he's the guy behind Jimmy Somerville in the Communal. Yes. I saw a lovely video of Jimmy Somerville recently. Um, a bus, he walked past a busker singing one of his songs and he joined in and somebody uh, saw it and filmed it. And the guy's singing and realizes Jimmy Somerville's just joined him for a duet. I love that oh, shit. Wicked. Is, this, is this the YouTube that you saw this on? Um, I actually saw it on Twitter. Oh, I believe wow. it's probably on the YouTube. I found, because I had to go on Twitter about four years, five years ago when I started a radio thing, part of the deal. And I've found some really nice people. Yes. That, that I've, but also some incredibly funny things. I was saying, really I mean, Twitter genuinely. still makes me laugh. At least one thing a day on Twitter will make yeah. me really laugh. People that are doing funny stuff on there or or a funny Thanks, video. Man. or <laughs> Julian, actually, when Julian but goes through phases me, of... of uh, <laughs> um, I've got a Google alert every time you do anything. Uh, <laughs> But, but some of it's so clever, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's mm, great. Thanks. But Because um, have you ever thought, because I was thinking weirdly, because obviously you, um, I mean, how long ago now was it in bed with me dinner? Oh, my God. 25 years. So what about yeah. win, lose or draw came after that, did it? I can tell you what win, lose or draw was because I've I used to the... love that show. Hang on a second. Don't go anywhere. Johnny, Johnny Vegas. Hang on um, a second. Wait a second. Sorry. So he's, he's on a, Let's just show us some merch, I reckon. He's going to play team. an old ep. <laughs> he's just left. He's, <laughs> he's had a, don't bring up in bed with my dinner. I should have, I missed that on the email. Right. <laughs> Wait a sec, I'm just shutting the laptop go. down. There you go, that's fine. There he is. <laughs> because I never ever, I don't have any souvenirs of anything I've ever done. I don't have really photos of me with anyone or anything like that. But I do have, still have that. Oh, ah. cool. So 90, That's what, 96. Yeah. Okay. So I've, got one, I've got one for every year from 91 to 97, which are the years I did it. And that's wow. what you win if you, if you won it. You got oh. the money. You got one so what year was in bed with me dinner then? Well, it was before that. So, what, 1990? Late 80s. Late 80s, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was that early. Because I remember yeah. that that was a sort of seminal bit of television for me and some friends. It was a great bit of television. It was brilliant. And also, you know, it was, yeah, it was just, it was really, um, you know, it's timeless, I think. That idea well, of is. sitting there and watch it and showing, you know, it's it's almost like the Harry Hills TV burp thing. If you show a funny thing you've seen and it's a cutaway to, you're basically commentating for sure. us, essentially. Well, Harry, what Harry was, what a TV burp was, was, was what that would have been had it had money yeah exactly Harry's it was yours was the precursor yeah. to all of that it was a much simpler but I'd, uh, a much simpler version of it which was really fun it was, it was really fun and it's also an incredibly important part of my life because and i think people will understand this i'm 63 yeah 63 <laughs> i'm confused by that when you have to go back in year no, 57 that do that um, and I'm part of a generation of comics. There are comics who have been going about 30 years. And one of the, not all of them, not all of them, but there, there is there is a bit of an idiosyncrasy which they all have, which is a slight edge of bitterness. Yes. A slight edge of it all came a bit too late. You know, the money didn't come in until, yeah. you know, so, so, and, and also now it's so easy to get on television. It used to be almost impossible. Now it's so easy. And they all turn up on these chat shows. And you very often hear, and, and you know, and you don't argue, people saying, I'm funnier than that guy. Yes. I'm funnier than that guy. Uh, but it's like, well, yeah, but that's that's not the problem. It's not how funny you are. No. It's, you know, it's you're in show based, business. Yeah, it's based on a fake, you know, myth that yeah television well, is a meritocracy which is never well Corsandi said a brilliant thing about it she said stand-up comedy is a merit meritocracy in one place and one place only and that's this gig this night yes yeah because at the end of it everyone knows who was the funniest who yeah was yeah, the yeah. similar Thank to that you. outside of that it's a business totally yeah, that, yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot of people forget i think a lot of comics <clears throat> 
egos get in their in the way. Exactly. And they forget that, and they think because they've smashed a gig, they should be yeah. on live at the Apollo. Basically. Yeah. Mm. Now the great thing about in bed with my dinner, of course, is it it means I I suffer from none of that at all. Because you had a nibble at the. Uh, because I, I did something that I'm extraordinarily proud of. And I think, yeah, that was just, if that's it, if that's what I did, that's fine. Yeah. It's also, a legacy, it's some, isn't it? It's a proper legacy because it's also not just an appearance on a panel show. It's not just yeah. a stand-up set on a show. It, is, it was a thing that was your own vehicle. Yeah. And so it's, uh, it saved me from... Because I'm not sure whether I would have gone down that road or not, the anger and bitterness road. I don't think it's your personal. But no, but that's why it's not, because it's fine. No, I, yeah, I had my turn and I grabbed it. And, I did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. did you get that from stand-up? Did somebody see you in the comedy store or something? <laughs> you want another story? Praise yeah. it. I'll praise it for you. Yeah. Okay. I used to work for Danny Baker. I used to do review newspaper reviews on his five live show. And he phoned me up one day and said... Uh, well, no, actually, he didn't phone me up. He got someone from LWT to phone me up and said, we've commissioned Danny Baker to do six one-hour shows. They're going to be called World in Acton. And it's going to be a whole host of different things going on. And he's asked us to put together a team of writers. Uh, and he's asked for you and Mark Lamar, if you'd like to write on it. And I said, yeah. Great team. Yeah. Lovely. Sorted. In fact, Mark Lamar and I had a day together driving around printers and got notepaper printed on which we never wrote a word, but we have got <laughs> we we have got Lamar and Mills notepaper. However, about three weeks later, I, I was with an agent at the time called Bob Voice, good old fashioned agent. Uh, I'll speak to someone about it type. And he got a phone call and somebody said, Look, I'm really sorry, this is the first business we're doing together, but uh, Danny Baker has pulled out of the project. He's got a better deal from BBC. He's going there, so I'm going to have to. We're going to have to withdraw the offer that we made to, to your client. And he said, Ugh. and because he was old fashioned, he said, "This don't look very good for you, does it?" And then the guy said, <laughs> "What do you mean?" So, well, you, you you were given six one-hour slots, and now you got to go to your boss to say you can't fill them. And he said, "Yeah, but you know that's my problem. I'm just." making you a courtesy call and he said well you know what i think i can help you because bob has got an idea that i think would be perfect for this slot you've got so the guy said well okay come in day after tomorrow and and, and we'll, we'll talk about it this conversation was then led to me as the having lift to door have opened. an idea yeah, yeah. Have a fucking idea. Bob, <laughs> you've got an idea all right <laughs> no it wasn't on the phone i was standing next to him as the lift door opened and we stepped into the corridor at lvt and he said by the way i've told this bloke you've got an idea <laughs> uh, in bed with uh, Medina. Uh. Well, I well, no, I didn't. We sat quite in, embarrassing talking nonsense for about 20 minutes and then i said do you know what i do a lot I'll piss people off. They come around my house and I won't let them listen to an album. I only let them listen to the drum solo off one track and little bits. And it, it, it was born out of that, basically. It was, it was completely right place at the right time. That was oh, all it right. was. Yeah. I used to love it. I used to really get excited when I'd recognise a bit, Yuri, when you do an outside bit. I remember, <laughs> I remember you were once over the road from the end of my road. It was like in Tootin Broadway. And uh, and I got well excited because there was like a there was a paint a, a decorating shop and you were outside it and I was like that's the ass over the road. Those you know we used to just go out with those me and a cameraman <laughs> yeah. just and just make shit up. <laughs> and funnily enough, bless my heart, I still see things sometimes and think, oh, I know what I'd do with that. But do you ever yeah, have yeah. you ever? This is we'll finish with this. We've got to wrap yeah, it up. Um, oh, have bless. you ever thought about? A version, a modern version. Yeah. No, someone, now. someone, one, one of the, one of the McIntyre type ones that once came up with the idea of touring it, that you could have a big screen and you could tour it. But I just think, do you know what? It's, it's there. If yeah, you want to yeah. see it, it's on YouTube. It's don't fuck about with it. Don't spoil it. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I've got other things that I do. Just leave it alone. If you, if you watch it for free on YouTube, it's, it's good. Yeah, um, you know, don't don't risk spoiling it. That'd yeah, be horrible. Yeah, yeah. That's it? a nice way to think about it. I think it's like when they did a stage show on the buses. It was so <laughs> shit and embarrassing. It was it was heartbreakingly bad. I didn't watch the rehash of like uh, Dad's Army or Porridge. Uh, you know, the new versions they made in the last few well, years. Exactly. Why would you? 
Yeah. Why would you do that? I know. Anyway, um, let's wrap this up. It's been a lovely chat. Um, as always, pleasure. I'm sorry we didn't. We got sidetracked. We didn't do enough Christmas stuff. But, no, but very, no, very Christmas. It was lovely. To you both. <laughs> and to you. And it's not. We don't. We don't. We're not doing some sort of Christmas special or anything. We're just leaving it. Everyone, let everyone have their own Christmas. But aren't you get? You could put holly on the screen. We could put a bit of holly. We were you thinking about do. that. Yeah. A, a little border. border. Put some something. Christmas music in the background. Jesus hanging on the right or something. Oh, you're wearing hanging. a white. You're wearing a white shirt, Julian. I thought you yeah. were just ahead. No, <laughs> no. Is that what you asked about my back? No. Yeah. No, I'm just pure. I've got some skin as well. Um, right. Bob Mills, thanks for joining us. People can listen, where can people listen to your show on Talk Radio every, is it Sundays? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday 1 till 4. Yeah, Saturday 1 till 4 for Talk Radio. But it's not a comedy show. It's just we have authors and people nice people yes um julian any other final business um that's it really that is follow it. us <laughs> on on patreon.com yes for slash we are tvi for extra bits um and that is that please um, for me will you please for me because i'm older yeah will you will you will you wrap it up with so that's it that's the show See you next week. Same time, same channel. I'm Carl Donnelly and I'm Judy and Dean. Thank you very much. Do it like that. Stick it it up, please. Um, Well, first off, I'd like to say thanks to our guest, Bob Mills, for joining us. That's it. That's the end of the show, everyone. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I've been Carl Donnelly. And I've been Julian Dean. Tune in next week. Same time, same place. Same place. Die of AIDS in an alleyway. <laughs> I'm the right brother.